So good to be in the house of the Lord today. Praise God. Anybody happy to be in the house of God? Hallelujah. It is always a blessing to have guests in the house, and we are thankful today to have several. If you have your Bibles for just a few moments, let me take you to the Word of the Lord, Old Testament writings of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 14, and I will begin reading with verse number 12. Ezekiel chapter 14 and verse number 12. And the word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing grievously, then will I stretch out mine hand upon them and will break the staff of the bread thereof, will break the staff of the bread thereof and will send famine upon them and will cut off man and beast from it. Verse 14, though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, Noah, Daniel, and Job. Though these three men were in it, that means they, if they were resurrected, or two of them, one of them was present, Daniel was a contemporary to Ezekiel, but if those men were to be combined in this setting, if they were in it, he said, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. He goes on and he mentions other things and then he refers to them again, these three men. And again, he goes further and he says one more time, these three men. And then in verse 20, just to reiterate his point he says again to them though Noah Daniel and Job were in it as I live saith the Lord God they shall deliver neither son nor daughter they shall but deliver their own souls by their righteousness and everybody said amen amen Noah, Daniel, Job. I want to talk to you about them for a little while this morning. You may be seated. Four times the reference is made to these men in the context of our thought this morning. And what a trio of men. Three of the most powerful figures of Scripture are brought before our minds and to our consideration. Three men who lived in different times and under different circumstances stand before us today as a witness and a testimony. When you consider these three men and the mixture of their lives and the mixture these men's names bring to this story. It makes it of compelling interest to know 
why God would use such a reference in the context of dealing with his people. If we were to call them saints, we would certainly be speaking correctly. They are three men who lived and who died, or at least two of them had. They brought their names and their reputation and their influence to this season of great emergency for God's people. There are no names in Scripture that are more illustrative than Noah, Daniel, Job. They are stars that shine ever so brightly in the context of God's holy word. And they remind us of principles and they remind us of righteousness, right living. Three men and their powerful testimonies of lives that have been well lived. Three men. I want you to think with me for a moment of the influence of these men. It's almost too much for me to grasp and it seems sometimes more than I could even imagine to be able to sit in the company or to walk in the fellowship of three men like Noah, Daniel, Job. Perhaps those names don't mean anything to you, but who are your heroes and who are the men in your life that when you look back over history, they impacted you? Perhaps it would be a George Washington or an Abraham Lincoln or other men of stature and renown that we hold in high regards. And what would it be like if those men were to come into our present situation? I've often wondered what it would be like to sit across the table with some of these men of old, Abraham Lincoln, a man who had a great impact upon our nation and because of his prayer and because of his guidance, we were able to navigate one of the most divisive times in the history of our nation. And he liberated people and he spoke words that are still quoted today. He had such an impact upon them. There are others that you could call. Perhaps if we were to put it in the context of a church, maybe it would be a James Kilgore, an N.A. Urshan, or perhaps a Cleveland Becton. If those three men were in this place today, what all and respect they would draw from all of us and how we would be impressed by their presence or perhaps a president of current times that you respect greatly. All that I know is that when God wanted to speak to his people, he reached for men that he felt could make the greatest impact upon them. He reached for illustrations. He reached for People whose lives, when you look at them, would be indicative of God's divine purpose and plan for man. And so these three men were called, and he were called with their influence. Bring all of your powers. Bring all of your persuasion. Bring all of your influence. Bring all of your prayers. Bring all of your abilities. Bring them into this current situation. And now they stand as a testimony to right living. 
This is what right living looks like, God says. And what a picture when you close your mind and envision what God is doing. They join together in a unison of effort. It would be enough if one of them had been called. If, if God had just referenced Noah, that alone would have been an influence. But God didn't just draw on Noah. He drew on Daniel who even is a young man and still alive had lived such a life that he was held in such regard that even in a contemporary world, God draws a Daniel out and then he reaches back even into the antiquity of human, the human race and he pulls the name Job out. And now we have the combined influence of those three. What would it be like to sit in a place like that? What would it be like to sit in an audience with Albert Einstein and, and, and uh, Louis Pasteur and, and uh, Michelangelo, three men who in their own field impacted our world. What would it be like to sit in the, with the genius of the ages surrounding you, looking at them, wondering what they can tell you about life? And so God brings these three people and he brings them for a purpose. No more powerful force could be imagined than these three men together. And when you see them and when you hear their names, you want to listen, you want to look, you want to observe, you want to tremble, you want to know what they have to say. Noah, he was the pattern of godly fear, a model of that fear of the Lord that gives wisdom. The Bible said by fear he moved and he built an ark and he saved his family. He saved those who went in to the ark. He was heedless of the ridicule of the hour and he lived his life consistently before God. Daniel was a contemporary of Ezekiel. 14 years or some, uh, some uh, reference to that time frame. They had been in Babylonian captivity and yet in 14 years, Daniel had made such an impact upon not only Israel, but upon the entire Babylonian nation that he was held in the highest regard because he was a young man of sterling character and integrity. His life was impeachable. There was nothing about him that you could find that was flawed or, 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 or defective. He lived in the presence of God he lived with his face toward Jerusalem and he prayed. He was steadfast. He was a model of manliness and he was a seer of visions. He was greatly used of God. And then you bring Job into the equation. He was the infallible testimony that a man can live perfect before God and upright because the Bible said that is exactly how Job lived before Satan came to trouble him, that he was a perfect and an upright man. Satan desired him. He was such a pure life and he was such an impeccable character that Satan wanted him. He desired to, uh, to, uh, to, to smudge and besmirch that name. But even Satan could not find any fault in Job. And Satan said, well, the only reason he serves you is because you bless him. If you'll just take your hand away, I believe I can change your mind and I can change Job's mind about you. 
and you know the rest of the story. His faith triumphed in the end and he was a model of excellence and patience. The Bible even speaks to us later on. Do you not remember the patience of Job? And when you consider the combined virtue of these men and the influence of their lives, you are in awe of what they represent. And so God brings these three men together to make a powerful point to his people. And that powerful point is that even though these three men were in it, they were right in the midst of everything. They were right in the middle of what was going on in that day. And they brought their combined virtues. They were in full operation. Their prayers, their influence, their words, their testimony, their counsel, all of that was there bearing upon the situation. But listen to me. In yet, in spite of so powerful a trio, their work can be undone by one thing. One thing. Think about that. The powerful influence of three men, all of their life can be nullified by one thing. One thing can void everything that they come to do and come to help in. Scripture says that even though they were in it, they could save no one but themselves. Listen to me, no one but themselves. They could not deliver anybody else. They could not save anybody else. And this is the reason why. Because of the choices that God's people were making. Do you understand me this morning when I tell you that in spite of all of the godly influence that's around you right now, you can nullify and void everything it can bring into your life by making the wrong choice. I want you to listen to me. I want you to look at me. I want you to hear what this preacher is telling you because I, I get weary with people sometimes who will not access the touch of God or the presence of God when they need him most and they let the littlest things distract them. I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter who you're surrounded by. It doesn't matter if godly blood is flowing in your vein. If your mother and your father and your grandmother and your grandfather were the saintliest people on the face of the earth, none of that means anything if I in my life make the wrong choice, turn in the wrong direction and do the wrong thing it doesn't matter who my parents were or what their influence might could have been in my life. Amen. You see, associations won't save you, and we know that, but we don't really live that. You have to decide. There is, listen to me, there is no amount of prayer that can void Wrong choices. Do you understand me when I tell you that? 
It doesn't matter how many tears your parents cry over you. If you walk out those doors and you do things that you know are contrary to the word of God, it doesn't matter how many people pray for you. Your decision can void any effort that God makes. Do you understand me? I've told people this before and I don't think they believe it. Even if Jesus Christ was preaching to you this morning, all you have to do is get up and walk out that build, that door and everything he said, everything he did, everything he was trying to reach for in you can go up in smoke because you have the power to decide whether it's going to work for you or it's going to work against you. And it doesn't matter if Noah and Job and Daniel were in this place today if I don't make the right choice in my life. I avoided everything that was there for my help. As powerful as their prayers may have been, they were neutralized by wrong decisions that God's people were making. And God was trying to get a point across to his people. The point is that you can be surrounded by all the good and godly influences that God can bring to your aid, but they cannot help you if you choose the wrong thing. Amen. If you choose the wrong thing. If you repeat the same behavior, people don't seem to understand that if you shoot yourself in the foot, your foot's going to hurt. People look at me and say, Brother, you, I don't understand. Well, you pulled the trigger. The bed was on fire when you got in it. And you wonder, why am I burned? I'm going to tell you why you burn because you need to open your eyes and look and realize that's fire. Hey, listen to me. There's no amount of prayer that can go up in this place that can help you if you still stick your hand in the fire. If I was the orator of orators this morning and every word that flowed out of me was anointed and powerful. All you've got to do is close your mind and close your heart and walk out that door and it doesn't matter even if Jesus Christ were preaching to you this morning. It wouldn't make a difference in the world if you make the wrong choice. And Israel had been making the wrong choice for a long time. And more than that, if you read that chapter, you will find it referenced earlier that they were clinging to the wrong thing. And you cannot keep clinging to the old things and expect something new to happen in your life. You can't keep clinging to what you've done or what's been done to you and expect a new life to come out of that. At some point, you've got to give up all those things that you hold on to. People can't seem to understand that you can't keep using the same vocabulary and get a better result. I don't want to be crude this morning, but they told me that a computer, it's whatever you put in is whatever you get out. You put the wrong stuff in, you're going to get the wrong stuff out. 
You know what John Wayne said? He ain't a saint, but he had something good to say. He said, life is hard, but when you're stupid, life is really hard. I'm not being, I'm not berating anybody. I'm just saying you, you can't, you, you, you can't get up every morning with a sledgehammer and hit your foot as hard as you can hit it and not understand why you're hurting. You can't keep hanging around that same crowd and understand why I can't break this habit. You can't keep going to that same website or that same place at the mall or that same secret rendezvous place. You can't keep going there and not understand why you can't break free from its hold. It wouldn't matter if Noah and Daniel and Job were standing outside the door and if they were in the same room. If you push that button, it doesn't matter how much they're praying for you. It doesn't matter how much they're pulling for you. It doesn't matter how much they've counseled with you. The power of choice is the most powerful privilege that you and I have in life. And we choose whether life's going to work right or it's not going to work right. And folks, this book right here, whether you believe it or not, is the roadmap to life. And it tells me how life can be lived best. I cannot bring it to church. I cannot have it on my iPhone and my iPad or my Android and carry it around with me all my life and think that because I have it in my possession, it's going to get in my heart. It doesn't work like that. Associations are not going to save you. You can carry it around until it wears out from just being carried around. But until you get it inside of you and you start doing what this book says do, it won't make a difference in your life. Amen. No matter how hard that I try as a preacher to reach you, your choice can void all that effort today. It doesn't matter how good the choir sang earlier, the chorale. It, it doesn't matter how good the musician was. It doesn't matter how perfect the rhythm and, the, and all of that. It doesn't matter that we put up the right colors on the wall. All of that to try to pull you in and say God wants to do something for you today. That this isn't a show. This isn't a... A, a, a little thing that we go through every morning or every Sunday morning but this is an opportunity for me to get in touch with God and to get in sync with God's word and find out how can I become a better man how can I become a better mother how can I become a better husband how can I become a better wife how can I be more faithful how can I be more consistent how can my life even out how can I stop this up and down mess that I'm going through how can I get my feet on the right foundation? I'm going to tell you how by putting this word in your heart, by letting what happens around here get on the inside of you so that when you make your choice, you make that choice in the right direction. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord right now and praise Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
You see, the excellence of your surroundings cannot save you. If angels had awakened you this morning and picked you up out of bed and took you into your closet and picked out the perfect ensemble to put on you and carried you to breakfast and carried you to your car or better than that, just carried you to church and brought you in here and set you on these pews even if angels had done that, it wouldn't make one ounce of difference if when the Spirit of God begins to move, I don't reach out to Him. I don't say, God, I need your help today. I, I'm, not making, I'm not thinking right. I, I'm not making good decisions. I'm not going in the right direction. I don't want to be a failure. I, I don't want to go through life keeping repeating the same mistakes. And it doesn't matter how excellent the surround, it doesn't matter how perfect life is, you can mess it up if you want to. You can. I, I know some of the most godly people on the face of the earth, and they have got some of the most, the biggest scoundrels for relative that you could imagine. How could the same blood that flows in them be flowing in this. But it happens. It happens. Because whatever you're surrounding doesn't mean that you're going to do good. It doesn't mean you're going to be a better person. It doesn't mean that you're going to overcome the habits and the addictions of your life. The difference is when you decide in your mind that what that word says is right and that's what I'm going to do. I don't care what people think. I don't care what people say. I don't care if they laugh at me. I don't care if people understand or they don't understand. That word is going to become the foundation upon which I build my life. It's going to become the predicate of everything that I do. And so all that my life consists of is going to be founded around this word. That's the only thing that's going to make a difference in my life. Even if Noah and Daniel and Job were in it, they could not save anybody but themselves because of the people's choice. Amen. Sometimes we get in here, we get to worship it, and I, it was so wonderful this morning. I'm thinking, God, how could anybody want a better atmosphere than that to draw close to you? And yet in spite of all the encouragement today, there's some that didn't even lift a hand one time. I'm not being mean. I'm just saying we're surrounded by all of this excellence. We're surrounded by every aid and help and influence that, that if we will allow it will help move us in the right direction. But if we don't take advantage of it, it won't matter that we sat in this place. It won't matter that we knew about the name. And the Bible said, listen to me, the Bible said that there's coming a day when men are going to present themselves before God and God is going to say, depart from me because I never knew you. And they're going to say, but we prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. And God's response to them was, I never knew you. 
not that I once knew you, but I've forgotten who you are. He said, I never knew you. What a tragedy to be so close to him and never know him and he never know me. But evidently that's a possibility or Jesus would not have said that. So the simple point of my message is this morning, it doesn't matter how good church is. Church is never good enough to get you out of that hole you're in if you decide to stay in it. There ain't no preacher, pardon my crude English, that's good enough to help preach you out of your misery if you don't want out of your misery. There's no counselor that can make your marriage better if you keep going back home and sabotaging it by dumb things. Pardon the word. I know I'm not supposed to use that word, but that's, you, you cannot go out from the presence of God and do something contrary to the word and expect a good outcome. Praise God. So it doesn't matter that we're surrounded by excellence. Nothing can alter my future so long as I decide to stay in my present situation. Your decisions can undo months of good counsel. Your decision can undo months of fervent prayer. Your decision can void the influence. Do you understand me? I, I don't want to pick on anybody, but there is no legal document in this world that can save you from doing wrong. I don't care if it's a marriage license or it's a contract that you sign on your job that you're going to be honest and trustworthy. I don't care what kind of legal document that they draw up. I don't care who the lawyer is. It can be the best in the land. It doesn't matter who wrote the contract. If you don't decide to live by the principles of that contract, it doesn't matter the legal document. That will not save you from your misery. It will not save your marriage. It will not save your job. It will not save your future. If you make wrong choices, no amount of good can void that wrong choice. Brother Hughes, that sounds pretty negative. That's what I mean. I want you to understand how negative that influence of wrong decision can be in your life and mine. That's why every day that I live, I need to get up and say, God, help me to let this word be the guiding force in my life today. I, I, I don't always see clearly and I don't always react the way I need to, but if, if this word can be my guide today, this is what's gonna help get me through. This is gonna help me make the right choices. This is gonna help me strengthen my marriage. This is gonna help me be a better job, a, a better employer. It's gonna help me be a better employee. It's gonna help me be a better person. If I can let this word become the principle upon which I base my life. Let's stand together. I've seen people go to, go to counselors for months and months and months and never see anything good come out of it. Is it because it's not a good counselor? Most of the time, no. It's because in spite of the counsel, they keep going out doing the contrary for what the counselor has spoken.
I'm going to tell you what I decided a long time ago. And I probably made some people mad. But if you come to me for counsel, I'm just going to warn you right now. And you ask me to help you. And I give you some things to do. And we meet again and you haven't done them. We ain't talking. Because until you start doing what somebody tells you, it isn't going to make a difference. You see, there's nothing, there's no, this dust that people think. You know, that, that Israel lived under this false illusion that just because they were in the presence of good men and that they were in the presence of God, that made them good. God said, oh no. Oh no. What makes you good is when you let my presence affect your decisions and you start moving your life in the right direction. There's no magic dust that I can sprinkle over your relationships or your home or your job or you as a person and, and, and all of a sudden you become a better person. A better person comes out of decisions that are made on a daily basis. You start today. You know what, you may have messed up and when you look back in your rear view mirror, everything back there may be a total disaster. But I've come to tell you, it doesn't matter what's behind you. What matters is where you are right now and what is before you. And you can walk away from a lifetime of wrong decisions. You can turn and begin. You're not going to get out of that hole in one step necessarily, but you will get out of it if you keep walking in that direction. But understand me, it doesn't matter who's trying to help you. you don't open yourself to that and let God come in there's nothing that can be done nothing nothing God help us today God sent me on an assignment this morning God woke me up about four nights ago preaching this message and I've preached it almost every night in my sleep for four days why because God wanted to talk to somebody here this morning your life may be messed up. You may have made a lot of wrong choices and you may be in a bad situation in your life, but I'm here to tell you that you can turn that around by making a step in the right direction today. I don't care if you've been inconsistent in your past. I don't care if you've been unfaithful in your past. I don't care what kind of mistakes you've made. I'm here to tell you that you can make a step this morning that will turn you in the right direction and put you on the right path to recover. Come on, let's pray right now. God, I need you. I need you. I need your help right now. There's people in this building that are struggling, struggling with situations in their lives. They're struggling with things that they can't seem to put behind.